Yeah, come on up. We need some other volunteers. Yes, come on up, Alyssa. Yeah, 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 come on up. Yes, help me out, my friend. Help me out. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colton, yes? You going to help me out? Perfect. I've got one, two, three, four. I need two more volunteers. Two more volunteers. I see one in the back. One, two. Okay, girls, come on up here. Come on up. Beautiful. Now, the story that we are going to read this morning is found in John chapter 20. It is following immediately. Jesus has been crucified. He has been placed on the cross, and his body has been placed in a tomb with a giant stone that has been placed in front of it. Now, our story in the beginning of John chapter 20 begins early in the morning. It's early in the morning. It is still dark outside, so we're going to need to turn down the lights a little bit so that we understand. I'm going to need somebody in this room here, somebody up on the stage here. I'm going to need Alyssa. Can you be Mary for me? All right? You're going to be Mary. All right. And, uh, and you two, you guys are going to be the disciples. All right? Okay, so I'm going to have you guys go back to the back wall over there. You go to the back wall over there. Beautiful. And I'm going to have you just have a seat over here for a moment. All right? And then, and then you two here. We're going to have you guys over here. We're going to put these on just over here. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to have these come over here. Beautiful, guys. Beautiful. Okay, okay, Mary, come with me. Come with me. All right. All right, Mary. It's early in the morning, and you have come to find Jesus' body in the tomb. You're not quite sure what you're going to do when you get there because there's a giant stone in front of this tomb, right? And I'm not sure what you were thinking of how you're going to get the stone out of the way, but you arrive early in the morning. It's still dark. Come here. Come on, come on, Mary. Come on, Mary. And we approach the tomb, and all of a sudden we see that the stone has been rolled away. <gasps> Mary is shocked. She doesn't know what to do. The only thing she can think to do is go and visit some of the disciples. She's got to go talk to her, or to her friends. Come on, Mary. Come on up here. Come on up here. All the way over here. So we find, we find Simon Peter and we find John. All right? So we need to tell them what just happened. The stone's gone. The stone is gone. All right. These guys begin to run towards the tomb, but my friends, one of them beats the other on the way, all right? Well, hold up, hold up, come back here, you're not ready yet, you're not ready yet, you haven't done your stretches, none of that, okay, so we got Simon Peter, who's just like a normal, everyday, average guy running towards the tomb, okay, but then we've got the other disciple, we've got John, and don't go yet, Simon Peter, I know you're anxious, I know it's exciting, but we have to wait, now, now I get the impression that John, he trained a little bit, all right, so he's got some running gear, he puts on his hat there, you know, the sun isn't up yet, but at some point it's going to come, you can't get that sun in your eyes. He's going to put on his belt here. You can do that Velcro up. He's going to make sure he's hydrated. Beautiful. He's got this, this uh, over here, the whistle just for safety there. All right. And then they begin to run. But we see that the trained, uh, the trained disciple, he gets there first. He goes, go, 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 go. And John wins. All right, Mary, you join them. Mary, you join them here at the, at the tomb. Come on down, guys. Come to the tomb. Now, John waits outside the tomb. John waits outside the tomb. <laughs> But Simon Peter, you go in, and you find the linen cloths and the face cloth that had been used to wrap the body of Jesus, and you see that he's not there anymore. Now that you've gone and you come out, and John goes in after, you know, the one that won the, one that run the race? <laughs> the one that won the race. That's hard to say. It's a good thing I don't speak for a living, right? <laughs> he goes inside, and he sees that he's not there. Now, these disciples, in this moment, 
they begin to understand because previously they did not understand that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Let's put that cloth back down. You guys can go have a seat on the stage over there. They go back. They just leave Mary by herself. And I don't know how, I don't know how I feel about that. Mary is just, she's not doing well, guys. She's grieving right now. She is shocked. She is weeping. She is weeping. She is weeping. Mary, I got to get you some Kleenex because that is just unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Now, my friends, I'm going to need you guys to come on down here. As Mary is weeping so much, she is, she's continually weeping. Ooh, just like that, okay? So you guys are going to come over here. One over here and one over here. One over here. Now, after the other disciples have gone, Mary is weeping. And two angels appear. And they say to her, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Mary is distraught because they've taken her Lord away. They've taken her Lord away. Mary turns around. She does a 360. I'm going to invite Mr. Scott to come and join me here, please. Mr. Scott, you can have a seat. You just stand right in the middle over there, right in the middle. Yes, in between the two angels. Good. Mary looks up. And she has turned around, and there before her stands Jesus. Turn around, Scott. Turn around. Let everybody see Jesus. Here's the thing, though. Because Mary is so distraught, she is so stricken by grief, because the the tears are flowing down her face, uh, uh, obstructing her vision, she mistakes Jesus for the gardener. She mistakes Jesus for the gardener. And she says, Sir... If you've taken my Lord away, tell me where he is so that I can go back and get him. And then Jesus says to her, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? In that moment, Mary understands that the person standing before her is not the gardener, but it's Jesus. And she calls out, Rabboni. And that means teacher. <laughs> with about that intonation as well. I think that's how she did it there. Teacher, she's recovering from the weeping. And Jesus tells Mary to go and tell the disciples, to go and tell his brothers that he has not yet ascended to the Father, but he is about to. I'm going to invite Pastor Clark to come on up. And I'm going to thank my kids here. Thank you guys for helping us with that story. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing work. Oh, wait, guys, wait. You're not dismissed yet. Jesus, come on back. Okay. Wow, thank you so much, as Pastor Kyle has said. Um, That was great. What a creative retelling of the story that we're going to look at this morning. But I just want to pull pull you this morning, the audience, and we'll ask you a question. Out of three characters, which one would you have our children involved this morning in helping us to celebrate our Easter story. And they, uh, you know, they designed our bulletin cover. We asked them to do some artwork for us, and, and they've helped in so many different ways. So thank you. It's been awesome. They're going to stay in with us this morning, and um, in a few minutes, we're going to have some baptisms. And that is always a celebration. We're going to get to hear three people just share about their journey with Jesus, and we're going to have that way at, that we end our service today, just celebrating with them. But I want to read for you, just take about three minutes, and read for you from Scripture 
what you have just seen acted out. So if you want to turn to John chapter 20, and I want to read um, about 15 verses of that for you. I'll just give you a minute to get there. And um, I'm asking that you just open your heart to what God wants to speak to you today. And when we, when we go to his word, he always speaks to us through his word. So can we just pray? Just take a minute to pray and ask him to speak to our hearts. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this account in scripture that we are about to read. Lord, a moment in history that is so pivotal in terms of your story and your love for us and Jesus, what you accomplished. And Holy Spirit, we are so dependent on you to open our eyes and our hearts. Forgive us for depending on any other, any other things this morning, but, but we look to you and we ask and invite you, Spirit of the living God, would you speak to our hearts today? Thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us ears to hear so clearly this morning as we celebrate your resurrection today, Jesus. And we ask these things in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived, and he went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been Around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw. Two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, would you tell me where you've put him, and I will go and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him, and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. We want for a moment before we close with baptisms today to to reflect on this moment, and Pastor Kyle has mentioned it already, This isn't a story that someone sat down one day and thought, you know, I'd like to write a story that has kind of a nice ending, and uh, someone's going to die, and then they're going to come back to life, and this is how it's going to look, and they just kind of out of their own thoughts just wrote this down. Now, this is is actually a historical account that Scripture has recorded, that John, an eyewitness of this, he was the disciple that, that Jesus loved, he refers to himself that way. He, uh, he wrote this as an eyewitness, and there are others. There's four, uh, three other eyewitnesses that record this story, 
And so this is an account of history that happened where we come to this story at Easter time, remembering that Jesus isn't some historical figure who is still in the grave somewhere and whose body has returned to dust, but he has overcome death and he's alive. And that is the hope of the resurrection, that we serve a God who has overcome death, and because of what Jesus has done, we can experience the presence of God in our lives. And that's what we remember today on this Easter Sunday morning. I want to share with you another story that's true that happened in the 1800s. And, and um, this story takes place in a beautiful setting. How many of you have ever been to Hawaii? Okay, quite a few of you. Uh, beautiful beaches, it's paradise, right? If you've been there or if you've seen pictures, this is probably the closest thing to paradise on earth, the earth that you will find. It is incredible in its beauty. But there's a story of how something began to unfold in one of the islands in Hawaii where it really kind of turned into this, this place of, of death and of sorrow and of misery. And, and as history unfolded, there was an outbreak of leprosy. We don't call it leprosy anymore. We call it Hansen's disease. But in the mid-1800s, there was this outbreak of leprosy, and this terrible disease began to spread among the islands in Hawaii. And so as time went on, the government realized, we have to do something. They didn't understand this disease. They didn't know what to do about it to stop its spread. So the only thing they could think of doing was bringing together all of those people who were infected by this disease and sending them to an island uh, by themselves so that it would not continue to spread. And so this is what they did. They, they brought them together. They put them on, uh, on ships, and they, they sailed to this island. The island did not have a harbor. It didn't have a way to dock that ship. And so they, they let down anchor as close to the shore as they could. And then they forced those people who were carrying this disease of leprosy to jump overboard and to swim for shore. And those that made it to that rocky shore... They tried as desperately as they could to survive there. They, they built shelters as best they knew how. They, they foraged for food as best as they could. And every once in a while, a ship would come by, and they would throw some crates overboard. And if the currents were right, those crates would find their way to the shore. And those that were in that leper colony would, would just open them and find some provision for them. And this is how life looked for them. You know, leprosy is a disease that takes away your feeling. And so you're living life, but you're not really feeling. It's, it's a terrible disease. This went on for seven years, and finally one day they saw a ship arrive, and they saw someone jump overboard, and they thought, you know, here's another leper that's being forced to come and to stay with us. And, and this man swam, made it to the shore, got out of the water, began to walk toward them, and as they looked at him, they were absolutely amazed. This man was not carrying the disease of leprosy. He was completely whole. And they wonder, what in the world is this guy doing? Doesn't he know what this place is? And as they began to discover why he was there, he was there to live with them and to help improve their situation. He was, he was there to love them. And he knew that in going, there was this possibility that he would too contract this disease and he would die as well. And his name was Father Damien. And so Father Damien was a carpenter. And he knew a little bit about medicine. And so when he got there, he began to teach them how to build homes. And they were able to build some simple homes. They built a church where they could come together and they could just worship together as a community uh, of those that were believers. He helped to bandage their wounds and to bring them a little bit of relief 
from the pain that they were suffering in this life that they were living. And this went on, and he, he just helped them as best he could. And then one evening, Father Damien was at his home, and his custom every evening was to wash his feet, and he would boil water, and he would put that in a basin. And then he would add cold water to make it the right temperature and put his feet in and wash his feet. And, and this particular day, he boiled the water, and then he poured it into the basin, and he forgot to add the cold water. And he put his feet in that basin, and then he realized, oh, I didn't add any cold water to this. But what began to dawn on him was that he couldn't feel. He couldn't feel that boiling water that he had just put his feet into. And he realized that he too now had this disease called leprosy. He was preparing a message for Sunday. And that next Sunday, they gathered to, to worship the Lord, to encourage each other. And he got up in front of them and he began his message with these words, we lepers. And they realized that he had contracted this disease as well. And he was walking the road that they had to walk in every sense of the word. Four years later, he died at the age of 49. You know, all this weekend, we have been thinking about God's story and about Jesus and who he is and what he came to do. And right away, I'm sure that you can see the parallels that we can look at this, this story that actually happened in, the, in that island off the coast of Hawaii. And that man who came and, and willingly uh, gave himself for those people who were, who were cut off, they were outcasts. And there was a day that we've remembered on Good Friday where, where remember Jesus came to earth and he, he came and to our surprise, he wasn't carrying the sickness of sin that all of us carry. He was pure and he was holy. And yet he came as the son of God to come and to walk amongst us and to live life as you and I live it and to experience every aspect of pain and of loss and of sorrow that you experience and I experience in this journey of life that we live here on earth. He came and experienced it all. And then we remembered on Good Friday that he went to the cross and he took that disease of sin, if we put it in those terms, he took your sin and he took my sin and he willingly took our sin on him, the sinless son of God who knew no sin, and he willingly took that sin and he felt the pain of our, of our sin. He felt the shame of our sin. He felt the, the, the horrible evil of, of sin that, that anyone has ever committed across the face of humanity. And he died and your sin and my sin went to the cross with Jesus. Every failure that you've ever done, every mistake you've ever made, Every thought you thought that, that was not right. Every action you've taken that would reflect our sinful nature was taken by Jesus. But we know that's not the end. And so this morning we remember, as we come to these baptisms, we remember that Jesus did not stay on the cross and nor did he stay in the tomb, but that he overcame death and his life and his resurrection means that you and I can experience life today as God intended it with his presence in our lives. And so what Mary discovered that day as she ran to the tomb, she discovered that Jesus had overcome death. But, but I want to just back up for a really quick moment and look at Mary's life about two years before this moment of where she discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead. 
because we get introduced to Mary a little bit earlier in her life, not all that much earlier, but about a year and a half before, Scripture mentions very briefly Mary, this woman called Mary. We don't know how, but Mary had come to a very deep and dark place in her life. As we, as we get a glimpse into who this woman was, there's a chance, there's, it's quite possible that she was from a fairly well-to-do family. But somehow Mary was in this dark place in her life. And, and scripture says that, that there was a darkness that was actually a spiritual darkness that she was experiencing. Scripture says that there were evil spirits that were tormenting her. She was experiencing an inward torment and an inward darkness that was, that was deep. This was, this was a place in her life that was horrible. And life for her included torment. It included this spiritual darkness that she carried. And undoubtedly, she would have tried whatever she could to get rid of that darkness that she carried inwardly, that torment that she faced and she wasn't able to. But one day, all of that changed for Mary. And how did it change? It changed by an encounter with Jesus. You see, Jesus was traveling from town to town, and he was doing what Jesus came to do. He he was setting people free from their sicknesses. He was speaking life in their places of darkness. And when he came into Mary's town that day, Mary encountered him. And with a word, he spoke and he set her free from that inward darkness that she was carrying. And she was radically changed. She knew a freedom inwardly that she had never known before. And she was so excited about what had happened to her that she actually joined Jesus' ministry team. She began to travel with Jesus. Why? Because she thought to herself, other people need to experience inwardly what I have experienced I am free in a way that I never have been before. And Mary encountered the life-changing power of Jesus that day in her hometown. And this is what she learned about Jesus. She learned that Jesus could overcome the inward darkness that she carried. And only she knew what that was like. And this was good news. And I wonder this morning as we consider that thought that that perhaps there are things inwardly today that you are struggling with and perhaps no one knows the depth of the darkness that you find yourself in this morning. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by fear or despair or by hopelessness and and perhaps like Mary, you've tried all kinds of things to get beyond that dark season in your life and you haven't been able to get past it. Perhaps you've even thought to yourself, you know, this is not natural. There is more to this than just having a bad day. This is just not the Monday blues that I'm experiencing. These, these, these things that I'm battling inwardly, this is a spiritual battle. And I am wrestling with things that are not just in the natural. There's something happening in me that there's a, there's a battle going on. Perhaps you've thought to yourself, you know, that fear that I'm feeling is so deep and so dark, it's not a natural fear. There's something deeper at work here. Perhaps that despair that you're wrestling with is so deep and so dark that you're thinking to yourself, this is not a natural place of despair. There's a darkness that I'm wrestling with and I can't seem to get past it. And perhaps this morning on this Easter Sunday, you need to hear the good news that Mary experienced in her life. And that is this, that Jesus 
can set you free from the inward turmoil and the inward darkness that you may be struggling with this morning. That is the power of Jesus. That is the power of God's power at work in you, that you can, you can be free from those things today. As you look to Jesus, he has overcome those places of darkness. And so in those moments of your life where you feel overwhelmed, I want to encourage you today on this Easter Sunday that Jesus is able to overcome that place in your life that is overwhelming you. And he is able to speak freedom to your inward struggles, to the things that maybe you have not had the courage to share with anyone. And so Mary discovered, Jesus, you have the power to change me inwardly. You have the power to set me free from those thoughts that I have not been able to get free from. You have the power to bring hope in my life in a way that I have never experienced before. And that is the power of the gospel. That is what Jesus came to do. And on this Easter Sunday, we remember that there is hope, that there is life that you can experience, that there is freedom that you can walk in. And so Jesus has just reminded us in Scripture again and again that he came to bring life. Perhaps it's just a difficult circumstance that you're, you're faced with today. And Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Take courage. Be of good cheer, some translations say. I have overcome the world. And this morning, we are reminded that we are no longer alone in our circumstance. And Jesus said, take courage. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. In spite of difficult circumstances that we will face in this world, and he just uses that word trouble. There's all kinds of trouble that we face. You could put a more specific name to it perhaps this morning than that. But Jesus says, take heart. Because I've overcome those things. And what he's saying is this. He's saying there's nothing this world can throw at us that can take away the peace that we can find in Jesus. There is nothing, no trouble that can come your way that has the power to overwhelm the power of Jesus that can work in your life. And that is the hope of Easter. That is the good news of Easter. So perhaps you feel this morning that there is a circumstance that is overwhelming you. And I want to encourage you today that the hope of Easter is this, that Jesus has overcome those things and he can give you his peace. He can give you his joy. He can give you the hope that only he can bring. And that is why we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection, that he has come to bring you life. And he has come to bring you hope and he has come to remind you that he has overcome those things that we face. I like the way Red Stedman puts it, and he puts it this way. He says, The good news is that the power of evil and sin has been shattered by the cross, and the power of death has been broken by the empty tomb. The Lord is alive, and he lives in us and through us, giving us the power to truly live. Jesus is alive. His presence can be experienced by you and I today. And he came so that death is no longer the final word in our lives. That we have an eternity to look forward to in the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. And that's good news. 
That is worth celebrating today. And so I want to I just take a moment to pray. And I'm going to ask those that are being baptized, if you slip out to the prayer room, we're going we're to meet back there. And this is how we're going to close our service, celebrating with them. But I wonder this morning if you are carrying an inward darkness or an inward struggle. And this morning there's something that stirs in you when you've heard that, perhaps just that reminder, that Jesus is able to overcome those things in your life. Or perhaps it's a circumstance that is overwhelming. And you needed to be reminded today that in spite of that circumstance, the peace that Jesus offers you is still available, that that cannot overwhelm the peace that he can give you. And I wonder if we could pray. And on this Easter Sunday, would you reach to Jesus and find in him a freedom that only he can offer? A freedom that only the authority that he has can bring to your life. Let's pray for a moment. Jesus, I thank you that we are reminded today that you have overcome. You have overcome evil and sin and sickness. You have overcome the grave. Death no longer has the final word. And I pray that in those areas of our lives today that perhaps we are carrying an inward darkness, a struggle that is so deep, and so difficult. I ask that as we reach out to you today, Jesus, would you pour your presence and your peace into our lives? Would you bring freedom in those areas of struggle that only you can bring? And we just pray in the name of Jesus that there would be freedom today, that we would walk from this place experiencing the touch of God on our lives that allows us to live with a greater sense of freedom, a greater sense of your presence in our lives. And so we just pray against the enemy and what he tries to do. We take a stand in the name of Jesus. And we ask that the life that you've brought would be evidenced in us in a new way this morning. In Jesus' name. And so we just come against hopelessness in Jesus' name. And we just command it to go in Jesus' name. We come against despair and we command it to go in the name of Jesus. We come against fear that would cripple us. And we command it to go in the name of Jesus the name that is above all names. And we thank you for freedom this morning. We thank you for what you are able to do in our lives to transform us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your deep love for us. I want to encourage you just for a moment this morning just just to to allow God to do something specific in your heart.